Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you think six Super Bowl rings and, you know, signing with the Bucks would earn you a favor or two? Nope. A city parks and recreation worker in Tampa saw a man working out in a downtown park, and, he, and she told him to leave. You know who it was? Tom Brady. Speaking of Brady, what kind of team has he inherited? And how about uh, this? Below average, but improving? That's why the NFL draft is one of the most important in the club's history, and that starts Thursday. And we'll continue our discussion about the future of sports. Is any market more damaged than Tampa Bay? And we'll have more fun with Tom Jones of the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursting. Hey, folks, we're going to have uh, our mailbag segment for tomorrow's show in advance of the draft. I'm sure you guys have plenty of questions, and you can submit those to us on Twitter. You just send us your question at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For tomorrow's mailbag, uh, we'll be happy to answer any and all your questions. It doesn't have to be about the NFL, although we suspect – with the draft coming up, there might be a good bit of that. Um, speaking of uh, of Tom Brady, <laughs> did you see this, Steve? This is a this is an unbelievable story. So, Mayor Jane Castor of the, of Tampa, of course, and uh, Rick Kreisman of St. Petersburg, they had a a little meeting about a coronavirus, kind of an update thing, kind of a joint Facebook Live, if you will, discussion between the two of them. And and during this discussion on um, on Monday. Jane Castor happens to say, "Oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm not one to I'm not one to gossip, but how about this?" So she tells the story to Christman that basically, um, you know, uh, they they've been monitoring the parks because their parks are closed, and in the city of Tampa, and uh, turns out there was uh, there was a park and recreation uh, person, a young lady, I guess, who came up came across this dude in the park working out and they want to be careful that there's no contact sports and things going on. And so, um, she approached him and said, you know, you, you I'm sorry, you know, the parks are closed. You're going to have to leave. Turns out it was Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, first of all, you know, so does he just say, you know, Hey, sorry, I'm new to town. I didn't know I couldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. I would have played that card or I would have said, do you know who I am? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. If you're ever, if you're, if you've got six rings, like at this point, like this is the time to go. Uh, excuse me. Uh, do you know who I am? She, he should have played the "Do you know who I am?" card. I mean, that would have been the perfect time. I got a, I got a, a text from um, Ben Valen, who or I think he writes for the uh, Boston Globe, um, and, and he covered the Patriots, and he goes, "Man, that would have never happened in Brookline." <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Oh no, in Brookline. Oh. Hey Tommy, how you doing, man? Hey, you're not supposed to be here, but uh, hey, can you sign my can you sign my card? Hey, you're throwing the ball wicked hard there, Tommy. <laughs> you're not supposed to be in the park, but uh, you know we're gonna let you in the park as long as you sign my sign my uh, my, my 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 jersey right here. I got it in the truck. You know, it's like Tom Brady. Shouldn't we have just let Tom Brady do what Tom Brady wants to do? I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, well, 
I, I suppose you know you, you if, if it's uh, you got to shut it down for one. Correct, you got to shut it down for the others. But, I but it, know, it's Tom but Brady. come on, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady. We can't hey, have nice know. things. Know where your know your place. Now, may, know your place. This may, is Tampa. Maybe if Mike Evans or Chris Godwin were out there with them, she would have been like, "Hey, you know what? This is going to help us this fall. Go ahead, keep keep That's doing right. what you're doing." But if it's just him out there with you know doing his, his kids TV or whatever, twelve stuff, you know, you doing know. his stretching, yeah, <laughs> doing his plyometrics with uh, with his trainer <laughs> Alex Guerrero. I mean, what was he what was he doing? Um, I just imagine I was like, "Yeah, Giselle, yeah, we we tried. It, it didn't go well. They kicked us out. They what? They kicked us out." First of all, isn't that house big enough to just work out? I mean, you could pretty much throw a 100-yard ball right from, from one media room to the next, I would imagine. I, I would think. I mean, I would think Jeets was, you know, turning double plays in there, right? <laughs> right. You're taking batting practice at minimum. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's unfortunate. Look, this whole thing is whack. We all want to get outside. We all want to do stuff. It just seems to me we should have a better way to – to figure out how we can uh, we can get Brady going, you know what I mean? Like, is, is does anybody got a coronavirus test that we can just ship to the Jetersburg and, and and maybe get one to Mike Evans and maybe one to Chris Godwin, and then okay, you guys are good, so we know you're good, and then you know you get one hour at a, name the designated Tampa field, and everybody go, hey man, that's that's not fair, that's Tom, Brady. it's Tom Brady, relax. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I. They're probably afraid that too many people would show up and start watching. Well, that know? that would be the that would it's not the you know them throwing the ball around. It's the you know the crowds right. they would get, gather. Yeah, yeah. I don't want lawlessness. I'm not preaching for that. I know this sounds terrible. I mean, I'm just a you know I'm just a reporter that covers the Bucks. I just think it's funny. I I just think that I can't. Even, it's like yeah no pr- yeah no it was Tom Brady yeah mm, yeah I told him to leave. It's like. Oh. So, and there was a little confusion too because Jane Castor says, "Yeah, so he's been cited." Now, what does she mean by that? Right? Is it C I T E D? Or she's a former S-I-G-H-T-E-D? police chief. It's not like she doesn't know that's what cited would mean. Well, well that's what I mean. But it literally, can be either, right? And and yeah. so we we sought clarification and found out that no, what she meant was there had been a sighting, a Tom Brady sighting, <laughs> and he was cited, meaning he was seen. But we. When you're an ex-police officer who's the mayor of Tampa and you go, he was cited, I tend to think you meant the other thing, you know? And that would have been, now that would have been truly something, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, one more thing before you leave, Mr. Brady. Um, here's a citation. Welcome to town. You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. We're you. excited to have you That's here. right. Welcome to Tampa. Isn't that what she says at the airport? Welcome to Tampa. I'm Mary Jane Castor, and you're cited. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't make this stuff up, man. He's the gift that keeps giving, though. God bless him. He's trying. You know? I wonder what would happen. Like, he's he's powerful. Could they build? Because he lives on St. Petersburg. He lives on the bay there. Like, can they can they build an island for him? Like, would it be legal if, say, they dredged up uh, a bunch of sand and just kind of off his dock, if you will, put a little sandbar there, you know? Didn't, don't need a palm tree or anything. Just a, a little bit of dirt. That, that rises uh, at low tide, that he can, you know, stand out there in his backyard, and, and he's technically not in a park. He's sort of in the bay, right? Maybe throw that way. I don't know. I don't know. we got to figure this out, though. This is starting to get to him. I can't imagine. He's, I mean, he probably feels as frustrated as Bucks fans thinking that, well, you know what, we're not going to see Tom Brady this year, are we? No, we saw him in the park one day. Yeah, but even think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, how excited do they have to be that Tom Brady's their quarterback? Oh. And 
they can't work out with him. They can't even see him outside of a Zoom call or a, you can't know, see him. FaceTime yeah. or whatever. Right. Can't meet him. And sure as hell can't shake his hand, but no, can't meet him. Can't, can't throw a ball to him. Can't uh, talk about the, you know, the first nine Super Bowls. I mean, has Bruce they, Arians they even met Tom Brady yet? I had no comment on that. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure they've probably I have met no in the comment past. I'm sure they've probably that. met in the past, but Mm-mm. you know, at a Super Bowl or some, you know, some NFL. You asked me have they met? Have they met since he's been down mm-hmm. here? I well, have no that, comment. That, on that wasn't what I actually asked, but yes. Oh, I thought that's what but you that's meant. But that's kind of what I meant. But and then I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, he, they probably have met before in the NFL. I can neither circles. confirm nor deny because mm-hmm. I don't have it on the record that whether or not they have met. They're not supposed to have met. I mean, Jason Light, I mean, we know, so, worked in the New England, so he's met Brady before. Yeah, he's met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, have the Glazers I mean, ever sure met they Brady? FaceTime. Is a... Don't know. Don't I mean, know about know, that one. I mean, you know, you Don't signed know him, you know, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. They haven't even commented about him, have they? That I'm aware of? Not that I've seen. I think it was just Jason and um, B.A. So, yeah. Um, I don't know that. I'm I'm a little curious, though, of... If B.A. and Brady haven't gotten together somehow. I don't know. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Just, well, what? You, you, you just have to you know, not have 10 people or something, right? Isn't that the – although now there's a safer at home thing. Well, but. you're supposed to be safe at home, right? I mean, you're right. not supposed to mix families, so to speak. I mean, look, I don't, B.A. I don't know, but I mean, B.A. meeting Tom Brady, I could, I could argue that's essential business. <laughs> that's family. <laughs> um, but, but Tom, you know, before he came down here, he was in New York, right? So I don't know. Did he self-quarantine like 14 days before he went out and about? Unless he was te- now, he could have been tested, right? But yeah, like he was in New York with his son during that whole the the major rise of that pandemic up there, and uh, then he comes down here. You wouldn't want him around the sixty seven year old Arians necessarily. Well, but, but you haven't seen him out and about, so maybe he has been self quarantining at home. That's true. I mean, you know, it's not like we've seen you know had sightings of him, you know, picking up coffee at Starbucks or something. Right. Well, it's it's been a couple. He, they built a Starbucks for him in St. Yeah, well, Petersburg. Okay. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole barista. They got the green cups, everything. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that, um, I think now he's probably cool, cool enough to go out and hang out in downtown. Well, just, go throw football in a park. What would that be like? Like you're just kind of, for whatever reason, you're just kind of walking by and you go, is that? No. That's, that can't, he no. wouldn't in the middle of downtown Tampa. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's, <laughs> hey, Rod, that's Tom Brady. Holy God. In the park. Tommy. Touchdown, Tommy. Sorry, Tommy. Welcome to Tampa. We can't have nice things. <laughs> you, that would have never happened. Ben Boleyn's right. That would have never happened in, up in uh, Boston. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, yeah Brady. Uh, also, speaking of Brady, so I, I wrote a piece. If you guys want to check it out, it's on TampaBay.com. I wrote a piece. Listen to me. It's like I'm, like I'm an author or something. But I wrote a, uh, uh, a little ditty, um, a little tune. About Jack and Diane. About, uh, yeah, about Jack and Diane. <laughs> Tom yeah. and Giselle. Tom and Giselle. Uh, three young kids giving in hell. No, uh, I wrote about it, uh, uh, about the team he's inheriting. And I don't know, like some people took issue with this. I don't know why, because frankly, this is what coaches in the, in the organization are saying about it. But, you know, there's a lot of hype if they, in fact, they ever play football here, that Tom Brady is going to be the quarterback and that this, you know, this team is now suddenly a contender. But really, what team did he take over? Well, what I wrote was that it's below average. It's a below-average team, but it's improving. And what I mean by that is, is that, look, you can't be 7-9. and nine, You can't go 12 years without the playoffs. You can't do all those things, right, and be considered 
you know, even average in my in my estimation and in the estimation of some of the some of the coaches. Like I think that, you know, the fact that they were seven and seven at one point last year when we saw the meltdown and somebody somebody got on me on Twitter and said, Well they're picking fourteenth. And if they were if they were average, they'd be picking sixteenth. And they, so they're above average because they're picking Nah, can't go by draft picks. Sorry. I mean, I I get it if you're picking thirty second or something, but you know the fact is is that they they were seven and nine. That's a losing record. That's not eight and eight would be at best average. Um, and you know, but what we saw the improvement, especially on defense in the second half. So I'll give them that. The most talent. Here's the thing: if you don't have the most talent in your division, um, they don't that that's that's the New Orleans Saints to me. I mean, that they're the mm-hmm. favorites. They've won the division three years in a row. They helped themselves in the offseason. They're all in, clearly. They got Drew Brees for at least one more year. Um, you know, and, you know, as good as Brady is going to make them, and he's not the best quarterback, I think, in the NFL right now. I think that's Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. That's just my opinion. I do think he's one of the best, and I still think he's clearly among the best leaders. Now, he's been in the same place for 20 years, so everything's changed. Um, that doesn't change the way he works or his leadership or any of that. And as Bruce Arians has said, he makes everybody better that walks into the huddle. I think that's here's the, the bigger deal. part of Brady. Exactly. At this point I do in his too. career. At age 42, Absolutely. 43, it's going to be the, the work ethic, the mm-hmm. attention to detail, the not mm-hmm. accepting failure mm-hmm. that he's going to push. The you know We all started watching uh, The Last Dance on Sunday. Exactly night. right. And, and great, that's what, great, Jordan, that's what yeah. Jordan does. Now, I don't know if Brady's mm-hmm. as maniacal or, you know, as quite as... Maybe you know, not as driven. Driven but as far driven. as tearing into others as, as Jordan was. Right, but, right, you right. Know, but it's that I don't accept losing. I'm not willing to. I will work. I will do whatever it mm-hmm. takes to make sure we're successful in winning. And, and that's, you know, that's the thing he brings. Th- there, there, are, the, there aren't that many people that have that it, it, it factor. No. You know, nope. and... and there are some, and, and when you find them, you follow those guys because those guys yeah, are, those yeah. guys generally win. I mean, you know, there's exceptions to everything, and Jordan had bad years here and there, but you know, that's what. If anything, it's not Brady's. You know, I mean, you know his 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 history and, and knowing everything. Yeah, but I mean, is he the same quarterback he was five years ago? No, he's not. He's still really good. He's one of the top you know five or ten in the NFL. I'd, there's several mm-hmm. I put above him right now. As far as mm-hmm. just pure skill and playing, but no, I agree. I agree. I don't know if if they're quite the leaders he is. I don't know if you know all that stuff. Well, no one's won more. Okay, I know mm-hmm. that no one's won more than him in the history of, of foot quarterbacking in, in the NFL. He, he's been to nine Super Bowls. He won six. No one's done that. Um, and and so because of that, but here's what he's not. He's not. He's not a miracle worker. He cannot, you know, block a guy coming off the edge at right tackle. Right. He, he can't. He can't, you know, be a running back that can split out and, and catch passes, you know, on third down. He can't stretch the field um, like a speed receiver. And I'm telling you, um, the defense, as much as it as good as it was, and it was number one against the run, you're still trying to get more mileage out of thirty something year old players, right? Uh, especially on the front seven, and then and then some some really young guys in the back. So this team, in other words, is probably not as good as Brady thinks they are. Uh, and with or without Brady, they're probably not as good as most people think they are in Tampa Bay. But that's okay because Brady's here, and if they play games. Um, but the, the whole key to this is this. They can't miss anything on the draft this year. Like, this draft is so important because when you when you say we're in the short window now, like our guy has two years left, 
Okay, maybe three on the outside, but two. And we're hoping for two. And when you say that as an organization, you every pick you make Barry, better carry the win and win now at all costs, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. And so when you're sitting here and you did really virtually nothing at right tackle in the offseason, and there are four, maybe five, but let's say four top tackles in the draft, you better get one of them. You know what? Because you didn't do anything in the offseason, you didn't do anything in free agency, you didn't address the position, you better get somebody to protect that right side. And when you don't have a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield, and I know Ronald Jones had 30-something receptions, but most of them were on screen passes. I'm talking about the way Brady likes to use his backs by getting them in matchups one-on-one. If you don't have that guy, you better find one. And, and fortunately, there's a lot of guys in the second round that can do that. And they lost Brashard Perriman, and as good as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, they're not you know, the guy that's just going to blow past you with their speed, although Mike has good straightaway speed once he gets going. Um, but he's going to require a lot of double teams, and, and Godwin's going to be in the slot. So you better find somebody that can stretch the field. And so those are three, just three of the top things. And then, then look at the defense, and you think about – you know, where's the depth of defensive line? And, you know, are all these guys going to stay healthy? Because, um, you know, one of the things that probably helped JPP last year was that he missed six games and his legs were fresh, and yet he still didn't practice the last five weeks. And so um, there, there's a lot of things they need to hit on for this to become the team that Brady and that and that the Bucks want them to be, which is one of the favorites, uh, not just in the NFC South, which means beating New Orleans, but in the NFC. You know, he's not here to get you to the playoffs, okay? That's that's a that's a given with Tom Brady. Like anything short of the playoffs is probably cataclysmic at this point. Well, not playing would be cataclysmic, but anything short of the playoffs if they play. But he's here to win the division and he's here to go deep into the playoffs and hopefully hopefully get you, you know, to a championship game and maybe a Super Bowl. So, um that's just the bar that he that he carries with him and carried with him for 20 years and he said it. Nobody cares what I did last year or what how many Super Bowls I won in New England. They want to see me do it here. So, you know, I would just say this, that that, that as we get into the draft, and I know we'll have the mailbag tomorrow, that, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Ed and Cena later this week about what the Bucks are thinking. If they need to move up, move up. If you need to use next year's capital, you use next year's draft capital. You just do it. And, you know, because you cannot afford to sit and wait and not get – say the best right tackle that you that you've evaluated or the best running back you know like you're just going to have to make sure that you you get players that are not only good players but will be good players as rookies and that's a different that's a different threshold especially when you have no off season especially when we don't know how many weeks or days these guys will have to prepare um before they they're in the training camp i don't think there'll be a preseason but then you know whenever the regular season starts so I don't know. It's it's a, it's an important draft. Like I said, we'll talk we'll talk a lot about it this week, um, and then of course on Thursday we'll find out if the Bucks stay at fourteen. Um, I'll get into this a little bit tomorrow, maybe uh, around the mailbag time, or maybe Thursday with Ed and Cena to talk about this notion of trading OJ Howard. Boy, a lot of people want to get rid of OJ Howard. I'm I'm always amazed by sort of the, what happens, you know, when there's a rumor out there, and it, this this is, this goes back to last October, right? And OJ, OJ be the first to tell you he didn't have a good year. I mean, he didn't. And, and, he, and he missed games after the bye week. Um, you know, he, he pulled a hamstring and things like this. We remember the behind-the-back fumble and all that stuff. But I'm always amazed at how people want to say, okay, let's look at the Buccaneers. Who are their best players? All right, I'll go, I'll go first. Mike Evans, okay? Mm-hmm. Cool, Mike Evans. 
Okay, who who's next? Um, okay, uh, Shaq Barrett. Okay, cool. Shaq Barrett, okay, I'll give you that. Like 19 and a half sacks, okay. Who's next? And then you start going down the line. How long before you get to O.J. Howard? I mean, he's in the roll call. He's got to be in the top five or six, right? I mean, you talk about the weapons on the offense, you're going to go You're going to go Evans, Godwin, boom, O.J. Howard, before you go to Ronald Jones or even Cam Brate. Mm-hmm. So why are people so eager, right? And, and maybe it's just relative, and it's like, well, did you see? You know, he only had this. Look, the guy was he played 70% of the snaps. He was on he was in the game blocking or or running routes on 70% of the plays, which is a lot for a tight end because no one came close to that as far as the Bucks go. And he was targeted very few times, I think 27th in the NFL among tight ends. They barely looked at his way, much less threw him the ball, and he still ended up tying, you know, his season high for catches. Now his yards per his average was down and he only had one touchdown. Prior to that, the previous two years, he had 11 touchdowns in 21 games. So I just – I don't know why – and I'll say this about him too. The guy's at 10. I had somebody challenge me on Twitter and say, um, well, his attitude's been horrible in the locker room. And I was like, whoa, whoa, when did I see you in the locker room? Like I, I, went, to, I went to Alabama, you know, when this guy was drafted. I know everything about him. I know where he's from. I know his folks. I know what he's about. Attitude, bad attitude, really? You know, now, was he guilty of maybe not working out during a bye week and came back and pulled a hammy? Yeah. Is that attitude? No, that's just not being a pro, you know, and he's a young player and and guys that get in the league, you know, take a breath and realize they got a little money and maybe something else is important. And next thing you know, they're not on top of their game. But I'd love to see him, you know, if I were a Bucks fan, I'd want to see him with, you know, Tom Brady, the way he's used tight ends that can run and dominate the middle of the field, you know, and I'd like to see, you know, but, but the problem is it's a business and he's, you know, approaching a fifth year option. It's clear the Bucks probably don't want to do that because you, you guarantee him that fifth year option. Um, you have one or two choices. You guarantee the fifth year option or you, you know he's going to become a free agent and he's probably going to leave. And so if you guarantee the fifth year option and he gets hurt, you got to pay it um, no matter what. And, and it's a big chunk of change, especially when you're talking about you still want to extend Shaq Barrett, even though he's likely to play for the franchise tender. You want a long-term deal with him. You want a long-term deal with Chris Godwin. They've said they want to extend, um, uh, you know, uh, Levante David. Uh, so you have, you have some, some, some traffic ahead of him, and you're trying to figure out how are we going to keep all these guys under the salary cap. And so very often you, he's, he's a business salary cap decision because – if you're going to cut him next year, you're not going to have him as a free agent. Why not get value for him now if, if there is value to be had? So that's why these things come up. It's a business. But for people to jump on O.J. Howard as if he's like the worst player they've ever seen or you know, a bad guy in the locker room is just ridiculous. Now, what if the trade was O.J. for Gronk? And there may be draft pick compensation going back either way. Yeah, and I and look, that could be that could well be what happens. Um, and I don't know anything with specific to to New uh, New England, but they do sort of own his rights for mm-hmm. whatever that's worth. Right. Um, and and it probably isn't worth very much. But I I would say this, like you know, Gronk, at best, okay, he hasn't played in a year. Um, he had six seasons where he was healthy, and, and a bunch that he wasn't. Um, yeah, could, does he know Brady? Would that give Brady comfort? Is he, is he still, could he potentially still be a force? I guess. 
Although, you know, I don't think the elbow feels better or the knee or anything else. And, and yet, it's not going to go away. And, and I, I'll report something when I know it, but I'll just say this. There's way too much smoke about Gronk for there not to be interest. Way. At where it's at, like in terms of what level, does it happen after the draft? In other words, do they wait and see if they can move OJ? And if they can't, you know, then the Gronk talk dies down and goes away. Or does it ratchet up? Just like you said, they say they do something with New England. I mean, all that will play out. In the, I think they all want to see what happens in the draft. That's usually where the deals are made for a player or a pick or a combination of that or, um, you know, to see who falls to you and all, everything else. Because there could be another team that's saying, you know what, if we don't get a tight end, we'd love OJ. But we're going to see if we, if we get one in the draft. So, so I think that has to play out over the weekend. But um, I, I'm just leery of, of, of fans that, like, you know, constantly want to get rid of their best players. It's like, hey, man, they don't grow on trees. You drafted this guy in the first round for a reason. You know, and maybe he didn't want a good fit for Bruce Arians in his first year. He damn sure was a pretty good fit for for Dirk Cutter's offense. Um, and, and he had some injuries, but they were contact injuries. It wasn't like well, the hamstring last year he might have had something to do with. It. But prior to that, you know, guys hit him on the ankles and stuff, and there's just nothing you can do about it. But anyway, that's my spiel on, uh, on O.J. Howard. So, Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Anyway, uh, without further ado... We have our conversation uh, that we will pick up with my former radio partner of the Pointer Institute. Tom Jones joins us now. To get it back to uh, a lighter, like a, a little bit of a lighter note. When mm-hmm. you think about the ramifications of this, has any, what market has to be more depressed, sports market I'm talking about, <laughs> than Tampa Bay? If this thing doesn't get, Can't doesn't have nice to things, return man. to normal. I mean, seriously. Why? We had a hockey I, You know, I feel team. like Nancy Kerrigan sometimes. You know, <sighs> you just want to go, why, why? I mean, I'm think not making about light of the think about, we, have a hockey knee, team. we have a hockey team that had a chance to win a Stanley Cup. We had a baseball team that was favored to get back to the playoffs. 197 again. games, Tommy. Right. And had and every reason to believe they were going to be just as good again yep. with, with a healthy Blake Snell all year and a healthy Oh, Tom and by Boston. the way, did the Bucks get – oh, yeah, Tom Brady gr- came from – See, I'm thinking this is all a joke. I think it's all a joke. Like it's like the Tom Brady thing is not real. I read a story. I read a story the other day. Do you know? Have you have you noticed something with your dreams? Are you having more vivid dreams right now? Yeah, but we can't talk about them on the air, though. But yeah. (laughs) Besides that, but I seriously, I read a story. I think it was in the Times, Tampa Bay Times, where it was an Associated Press story about right now. There's our our lives are being altered so much, and we're cooped up and. We're, we're sleeping heavier, so we have more yes. like this argument. We're dreaming so, more. I am dreaming more. I have noticed that. So there, there's something about dreams right now that are more intense, and you mem- remember them. I'm starting to think this Brady thing never happened, that it was all just a dream. <laughs> that we're get, it's, it's like an episode of the Dallas where you wake up, and it's like, yep. It's like, hey, when's, hey, Tom Brady, I'm buying a Tom Brady shirt. Like, what are you talking about, man? Why would you buy a Patriots <laughs> shirt? Are you playing for the Bucks? Like, what's wrong with that? No, you? he no. didn't. He, he never, never played a game. Here. 
never happened. You know what it feels like? It feels like the, my, one of my favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, Jimmy Stewart, uh, uh, you know, wakes up one day and it's like, you know, what are those potters, bro? What are, Mary, where, where, where's the kids? Mary. And I'm going to be like, Brady, where, where, where's Brady? And I'll be like, no, he's not here. He never came. I mean, imagine if we would have missed any of the, like, any of the bad lightning teams under, like, Steve Ludzik and Jacques Demers. Like, yeah, who would give it? Right. Yeah. Or if we'd missed the, if we missed or like any the, the last twelve years of the Bucks, for example, <laughs> pick any of them. Any of the, how about the Shiano era? We'll just start. There. Oh yeah, I'll throw that down. Mercer, all that. Yeah, I'm right. good. Yeah, so we'll get rid of that. Or the race under when Vince Namoli and uh, Lou Pinnell, like race, look, race fever, yes, catch sir. it, race fever. My God, good God, <laughs> it's race baseball. My God, like <laughs> why couldn't we have missed any? No, we got to miss the year when the Lightning oh, had well, a chance to win all a of that. Yeah, and a 97 yeah. win race team, and Tom Brady, Tom freaking Brady comes here, and we're not going to have a season. Are you kidding me? That's like, it's like what other market? Ha- Do you know what market is probably enjoying it? Like Houston, because oh my all of a gosh, sudden, like who's talking about the uh, the cheating? You know, or the oh, Astros. Yeah. Like, they're getting a bit of a, a reprieve from all that. But, I mean, I guess other teams that had a chance to win, like an, like LeBron's probably, oh, what the heck, this was my, this could have been my swan song, winning another NBA title. Or, you know, the Dodgers. Yeah, LA, I guess LA, Dodgers have a good team. But, um, no, to your point, no one has suffered more and, and, and it was in a position to enjoy. And, and like just going back to when it happened, right? It was the NCAA tournament was starting, right? I mean, it was getting ready to start here in Tampa Bay, first and second round games, right? right. Mm-hmm. You had uh, the World Wrestling, right? That's right. When WrestleMania that was supposed to be here. WrestleMania was coming here. Um, you know, and then, yeah, I mean, not. Oh, not by the way, isn't there a big game next February that's supposed to be here? Super Bowl yeah. or something like that? Are you hey, kidding? Wasn't the last Super Bowl during like oh I don't know a uh, the worst recession in our, our national life until now? Right. And then the one that? before like, that was a war. <laughs> a war yeah, started. The one before that. So Tampa should never host another Super Bowl after this really? because nothing good world. is going to happen. I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. The only Super Bowl in our lifetime to be canceled might be this one in Tampa. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. If you told me no, right nothing now, like, is. what, what nothing are the odds? Is. I'd be like, eh, 50-50 that they're right. going to cancel this thing. But nothing's out of the realm of possibility. And we've brought nothing but sunshine and hope to the people listening to this podcast today. <sighs> so, you know, it's like uh, I think I saw a thing today where the guy goes, uh, oh, I, you know what? I woke up, I slept in, and now I'm late for my couch. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you know, like what are you well, doing? Well, here's the thing: like, I, it's so exhausting too. Like, so I, you know, I'm I'm working all week covering covering this stuff, and it's really stressful. And you're watching, I watch a lot of the, the TV that's really divisive. And when you absorb it, it's bad, isn't it? It's it is. It really does. But each night, I sort of, and again, I'm lucky. I got a job. <laughs> Turn on something light like The Wire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> watching drug hell? dealers and cops knock heads. That's your feels release. like like yeah. Some, feels like I'm watching Family Guy at that point. <laughs> but I mean, it's to to observe that I I get to the weekends and I'm just all I want to do is sleep. I'm like I just want to sleep all day, exhausted, you know, and watch. You know, and I guess that's why I'm, I don't mind watching ten parts of a of one basketball season. <laughs> right. The other thing that's that this is uh, this is affecting Tom, and I don't know about you, but my diet has changed dramatically. 
And I don't know, and I don't mean like in, in like I'm I'm just like chowing down on tons of baked goods and cookies. Although my my girls seem to bake now. This is the thing. You know what you can't find in the grocery store is flour. Mm. Like everybody's baking. It's very odd. And we don't bake really, but we have been baking. That I try not sense, to eat yeah. that stuff. But what I found out is that I'm uh, I'm grilling almost every single night because we don't order out a lot. Same, same. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to stay away from the red meat, although I'm finding that hard to do because I can only eat so much salmon and so much chicken. And so I find myself going from fish, fish, chicken, chicken, fish, chicken. Oh gosh, I gotta have some beef. Yeah. And so what I think is going to happen is, but, but I'm riding. I don't know if you're. Are you exercising more? Like I'm, I find I myself am. exercising more. Yes, I am. And so I've lost probably 10 pounds, which is great because I needed to do that. I've but lost about seven or eight. And I, I, here's the reason why. I'm not eating any differently. You know what I've noticed? I'm, I, and maybe the other people are the opposite. I'm drinking less. now. You're drinking less alcohol? Drinking less alcohol, yeah. Really? Because usually most what people would, are going the other way. Right. And see, I'm a lot of people big, are going in. I'm not big at drinking at home alone. You're kind I, of a tea. You, you go out for beers. That's I go what you out do. for beers. I like going meeting buddies so out you, for beers. So that's where you cut so your So that's where I've cut it out. So like Joe Smith, like who covers the lightning for the, the yeah. athletic. Oh, he's calling. lost 35 pounds. He looks great. <laughs> he, lives, he lives right around the corner from me, and he and I used to get together. We'd probably get together yeah, he, once a week and have a couple yeah, of beers. Did. Oh, yeah, and, you did. Yeah, yeah. We, well, Joe and I have been known to tear it up here and there. <laughs> and our, our buddy Dirk Shad, the photographer from the Times. Uh-huh. So I might go out with them once a week, you know, and have a few and make sure I take an Uber home and be responsible. Sure. But now I, you know, the other night, Joe actually texted me. I had a, we had a FaceTime beer. We had a virtual beer, but one, there you, go. you know, as opposed yeah. to having four when we get together. So right, right. that's where I've noticed I'm, I'm eating the same, but I've cut down on the alcohol. That'll, that'll help you lose weight. I, the thing that I think is happening is that, um, like I'm, I'm not doing as many starches. I don't eat as much bread and I don't snack as much. I'm. You know, the the girls are now, this is another thing that's happened that's kind of weird. Like, they get up and make their own breakfast. Like, I've taught them how to do eggs, you know. So now, oh, nice. now I got to, yeah, it's going to be great. They're going to be able to make breakfast one day for some guy. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> How long now? Are you but, going to the, are you getting out? Are you, are you doing any takeout no, or anything? No. Yeah, we, a little bit of takeout, not a lot. I mean, the big, you know, the big thing, is, of course, is grocery shopping. And what I find myself doing is, um, I think that we're like the Donner Party at this point. I think I have enough meat in my freezer yeah. to last us till next December. I'm pretty sure. Like, you go out and you're like, honey, do we need it? No, we don't need it. Oh, but they had two for one uh, chicken breast. So, you know, I got, oh, good. Okay. Well, let's, just good can't, thing I, I can't get the Donner Party party. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm not stopping. Speaking of daughter parties, have you seen this? Before you continue with the rest of your story, (laughs) you see this story. Most disturbing story I've read in the last couple of days has been, I guess, the rats in big cities are starting to turn on each other and turning in their own. Because they got nothing to eat? No, no, they right because all these restaurants they usually they usually snack oh, on they, restaurants. They snack food, on them, yeah, and that it gets thrown out, and there's not Ooh, as they're much. Eating each other. So now they're eating each other. They're getting really aggressive and eating one another. Anyway, that's a terrible story. Your... But my point is, is that I, I, I mean, I look like one of these uh, survivalists, you know, these these people that are hoarders or whatever. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Um, but I'm stocking up doomsdayers, on the meat. Doomsdayers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, doomsdayers. There you go. Because frankly, that's where we're at, <laughs> and and so I'm I think I'm eating too much red meat. So. I'm going to look great, but I'm going to have a massive heart attack because all my arteries are going to be clogged because I've I'm, I'm got this, this high cholesterol from eggs and this high 
like meat content. Like I don't, so, what do you, what do your store? Like I okay, I have a pet two pet peeves. Okay, about right. getting out. So one, yep. I do exercise every day. I usually go for a walk slash run, more walk. Yeah. So I might go for a walk for three miles and then run a mile. There you and that's go. usually what I do every day, and I do it at night around. North, a place you're very familiar with, Northwest Ballpark. No, extremely. Yeah, I spent a lot of time In fact, there. there's a ball field there named for your dad. You run the track. It is. You run a track around there. You run the sidewalk, right? It's one mile. It's nine-tenths of a mile around on the sidewalk. Okay. Perfect. And, if you, and I go late at night, usually after 9 o'clock. That way I don't run into anybody. You know, or I might see two or three people. But here's the thing I've noticed. Apparently, there was a story in a paper or something that I'm you the mean guy literally that has to, or you just won't see no, like they won't see you. I I'm the guy that has to get out of the way. I'm the guy that's responsible for social distancing in St. Pete, apparently, on at Northwest Ballpark. So if somebody's running, do you notice runners, they're not moving. They're not getting out of the way. I'm running, I'm gone, you get out of my way. That's what everybody I'm the responsible for moving, which irritates me. And then here's the other thing, Rick, and I'm probably gonna rub some ruffle some feathers here. If you go to the grocery store and you don't wear a mask, I, I think poorly of you. I, I, I start to judge you. Really? Yeah. I think you got to wear a mask. If you, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to ask if you do or not. I do. It can, I just wear a band. No, I'm happy to tell you I do. I'm happy See, to tell I, you. And I, I think if you don't, I, I kind of look, look at you and judge you. And, and what, do you, what, do you what does it say? What does it say about it you? It says you don't care if you. It's not about. It's the reason you wear a mask is so other people don't get sick. It's for my protection, not your protection. So, so you're not Superman if you don't wear one. Like if you think you're, if you think you're being tough guy, Corona tough guy. No, example, you're being like, rude. You're being rude guy. You're being like yeah. I don't care about you. Because the thing is, like if I wear one, I'm not protecting me. I'm protecting you. But, and see, I think most people look at it like I'm I'm wearing it to protect myself. And, yeah, and in actuality, not- you're you're preventing your sneezing or your or your droplets from from flying into somebody else you're right. you're, you're protecting others right is what you're doing right so if you don't want to wear one because you don't care if you get sick or you think you're impervious to this or whatever or i'll be or if i get sick that's the other thing about and I, again not to get super political here i get the whole thing about wanting to get to get back i want things back to normal i want the economy to open up heck I, yeah I'm, i don't want my job it. to be gone yeah but at the same time like this idea of i'm going to you know, I don't. I, I saw somebody the other day. Like, I'm. I'm not worried if I get. If I get it, I'll be fine. Yeah, it's not about you. It's about you getting other people sick. It's about you getting my 90 year old mother in law sick. That's what mm-hmm. I'm worried about. You know, mm-hmm. or or somebody who's, you know, not healthy to begin with, or somebody who's pregnant or whatever. That's what it's about. So yeah. if you go to the store and you don't wear a mask, you know, I'm not going to say anything to you, but I think you're a jerk. <laughs> That's just the way I see it. <laughs> By well, the way, what, I got killed last time I was on your podcast. I figured I had to do something on this podcast to get the bad taste of the last podcast out of my mouth. I got killed on Twitter by a bunch of people telling me to mind my own effing business about what kind of jersey they can wear to a game. Well, it was I, the jersey rules. As you know, it's the Tom Jones jersey rules. Or and TJJ. I told every one of them in a nice way where I said, look, my rule, which is, in case anybody missed it, is that if you wear a jersey as somebody younger than you, like if you're – if you're 50 years old and you're getting a Chris Godwin jersey, I'm, you're allowed to do it. I, who am I to tell you how to spend your money? I'm just saying you look like kind of a, kind of a, a loser if you do. That's all I'm saying. So, so that was my only point. So you can do it. Just letting you know, I'm judging you on that too. You seem to have a lot of. You seem to be judgmental, guy. The coronavirus is affect. This is where it's affected me, man. 
I don't like anybody anymore. I don't like anybody. <laughs> Truly, I mean, do you crave? Do you crave uh, 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 like the, you know the, the attention, the, the the physical contact, or the or, or see what I think is going to happen is to me, it's going to be very odd to see people shake hands again. Oh, it's going to be very odd. So and I've been dapping the, people for a long time. The other day, I'm walking with my wife through my neighborhood. And yeah. I pass a guy. You'll this will be a blast out of the past. That you only you'll know, Rick, probably. And I see a guy, and the guy goes, "Tom, Tom Jones." And I turn, and I think, okay, it's somebody who recognizes me from just having worked at the Times or being on TV or radio or whatever. You're famous, right? Yeah, I'm famous. I'm a big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm kind of a big deal. So <laughs> I, and then I really, and a guy looks at me, goes, "It's Mike Tap. Remember Mike Tap? Mike Tap. Yeah. Yes." His brother was a longtime priest at Holy Family Church in St. Peter's. So, and our immediate instinct, both of us, was to reach out and shake hands. And we both, like, <gasps> caught ourselves, like, oh, can't do that. And we even joked about, it, like, oh, I went to shake your hand. And so there is going to be, I say, think, those awkward moments of, yeah, yeah, not shaking hands. But as far as this, you are saying, like, you know, the, how the coronavirus is affected, this has been fine as far as being cooped up. I don't like most people anyway. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. That surprised me. I'm kidding, but it's at the same time. It's like I'm not missing. Like I don't. I'm not a big crowd person. Like if I yeah, go I to a like restaurant, going, I have to wait. They're like this is from a really? from a guy that has spent his life in GM stadiums all the time. That's but, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I airports. Do, I, do, I don't miss airports. I don't miss. I do uh, think there's going to be a psychological hangover from this, uh, even in sports. Like I don't. I don't know exactly when we'll forget that. You know, everyone can sit shoulder to shoulder again. You know, I don't know um, if I'm going to hide. Like, you see fans, you know, when, like, something happens in a game and they, they're, they like, the complete strangers, right? And they turn around, they high-five the guy behind them. Sure. And next, like, when I don't know when that started, by the way, but that seems to be a thing. So, like, you know, you just wonder if there'll be more of those mic tap moments that you had where you go to shake a guy's hand and then you rub it through your hair or something. You know, like, hey, ah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, there, there is, and, and, you know, when you, the thought of, uh, you know, a water fountain. Um, you know, uh, you know certain things that you know you took for granted as community areas, right? Or you just wonder, like, you know, how how is life going to change? And well, it's funny. Like we I go said, to Rays game. We go to Rays games, Rick, and we and we see the attendance at the Rays, and when there's nobody there, we like like, oh, that's awful. I'm embarrassed. I wish there. Or you go to a awesome. movie. I'll th- I say this. I'll go to a movie. Like, the last, like, big blockbuster movie I saw was probably when Star Wars came out at the end of last year. And, yeah. like, I went and the theater was packed. And I'm like, this is yeah. awesome. Like, people are into it and people are yelling. And, like, that's yeah. so cool. And if I go to a movie now and there's nobody there, like, or, or before, right before coronavirus kicked in, and I went and I'm like, ah, eh, nobody's here. It's kind of, I don't know. I, I always liked it when there were a lot of people to, to enjoy the experience. Now, I don't know how I, be, I feel about that. See, I never felt that way about movies. I always thought that way about sports. I thought the greatest thing about sports was the crowd. I thought, like, the energy, um, you know, these are performers. They feed off of that. Like, games have momentum based on how into it fans are and which way the game is going and where the game is being played. To me, that's that's those moments, right, when, you you know, the crowd is like that. Right. You know, like, like you, you just you kind of feel – you feel the electricity, right? Oh, the electricity in the crowd. But you just, you know, you kind of sure. like, you feel all that. And that is sport. That is, that is performance, right? That is, that is, that's how these guys get going. That's how they get pumped up. That's the adrenaline, the, the sort of push they need. And if you remove that, I don't think sports will ever feel the same. 
Um, these guys will compete their ass off. Don't get me wrong. That's what they are. They're competitors, number one. And and they would go at it as hard, you know, in a pickup game maybe as they would, you know, in, in game seven of the NBA Finals. But, but I do think that that it's going to be something lost, at least for a little while, until we can – until we feel safe enough. And I, and like I said, you know, there's going to be a psychological thing. I mean, I don't know that, that everybody that enjoys sports will want to go back into a stadium and sit next to somebody they don't know. I don't know that that's, I don't know if people are going to do that. I know restaurants are going to be different, right? Right. They got to come back slower anyway. They got to be 50% or whatever they're going to be for a while. But like, I, I don't know bars, you know, like maybe if you're drinking, you don't care, but like, there's a lot of things that we take for that. We've just kind of look at, we'll look at differently. I think, you know, in terms of, of, of how we how we move about each other, you know, beaches. I mean, different. I see now you see these crowds on the beaches and you're like, oh, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? What's wrong with you? Like, what are you guys doing? I don't know what you're doing. Like, but but I, you know, but that's that's what we're that's, see, what we're that's the thing. To. Like, uh, like, I understand the whole let's reopen the country because people need to get back to work. I get that argument. I don't I, I, I have issues with can't deny it. Yeah. You know, but I understand it. But this idea of like, oh, we just got to get back because I got to get I got to get to the beach, you know, or like, come on, like, come on. It's been five weeks, six weeks. Yeah. Like you can't. Yeah. You know, and, and there and you can make arguments. You other people on the beach who, who need to, to work, you know, hotels and restaurants and all that. I get all in that. a tourist state. But just the, just this idea of like, you know, the beach is up. I got to get to the beach right now. Like, come on. Like, just I don't get that part. Anyway. What what is so? What are you? Are you just all right now about the pandemic? I mean, are you about um, what, what's going on at Pointer.org? Like, what's your newsletter letter yeah, dominated? It's, it's if you want to get Tom's newsletter, by the way, you can go to uh, Pointer.org. Yeah, P O Y N P O Y N T E R dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can sign up for it, delivered to your inbox every morning. It's free. Um, yeah, it's ninety. It's ninety percent coronavirus. It's a couple of things. One, it's looking at some really good work that's being done. I. I know a lot of their, again, this is very divisive times. I'm just telling you, the work that I've seen the last couple of weeks from newspapers and television stations everywhere, Rick, has been remarkable. Like yeah. the work, and I, obviously on a bigger scale, the, some of the stuff that I'm seeing in the New York Times and the Washington Post mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. elite level, like, mm-hmm. and not even like the political stuff. I'm not even talking about, I'm just talking about. You're talking about, about human actual, stories? Human stories. The, the pandemic. Of, of, the New yeah. York Times magazine just did a thing in, in the, when we were taping this on Sunday where they had a photographer and a journalist and a writer go inside a, a, another hospital and, and really go into what a 24 hours is like. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just stunning work. And some of the other charts and graphs about social distancing, some believe, well, I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Times. I'm, Rick, the, the Times, and I, and I get it. You know, people will think, well, you used to work for the Times and Pointer owns it. The Times is putting out some really good stuff. I would agree. And I, I've worked, you know, I've worked in my whole career. And, and I will say this, I'm very, very proud of, of the work that's being done. I, I mean, even by, I say even by, but, but especially by some of our colleagues that are writing business stories and news stories. And, but just the, the, the big, you know, as always, we do big stories really well. Um, and, and look, journalists are out there risking their lives too. They're going into the front lines. They're, uh, you know, reporting, they're working from home. They're having to manage kids at home. Like, like we all are and still, you know, uh, report 24 seven, like you have to in this job. I would agree. I think it's, I think it's a great time for journalism because I think this is when you need it the most. And then I'm not just, you know, obviously it's my livelihood and I want everyone to subscribe and yeah, we got a special going on right now and all that. 
I'm with you, though, and your newsletter points out some of the best of journalism that's going on. And, and apart from the politics part of it, because you can get that, too, um, almost anywhere, right, in this, sure. in this day and age. But um, And you know, I write sat- about that, too. I write about it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, part, of, of it's part of the story. It, it has to be part of, of the story. Of course you do, daily briefings and all that. But sure. I, I do think that the, the one thing that I, I can't get over is the insidiousness of this particular disease because of its how contagious it is that people who go just to the hospital for a routine thing. I want to shout out to Frank the Beer Man. My, my man Frank Labar um, had to, I guess he had to go get checked out a little bit. Um, wasn't feeling well as we're doing this podcast. And it's a perfect example, but like, you know, like his wife can't go with him. You know what I mean? Like you're, because of the pandemic, you're not supposed to, you know, have anybody else. And this is for anything. Like you don't have to have coronavirus and I don't, got willing he doesn't he doesn't but um but i'm just saying like because of that you can't have extra people in the doctor's office and for those who did get it and spent their last moments you know on a ventilator or or not to think that you couldn't be with your loved one or you know touch them or say goodbye to them before they took their last breath i think it's the most haunting thing about this whole disease oh absolutely i've been hearing stories about how you know, nurses are bringing walkie talkies, oh, walkie talkies into emergency heart, into ICUs, so heart wrenching stuff. Yeah, to say yeah. goodbye to the loved ones, and the work that is being done by journalists is just—it's remarkable. So that's a lot of what my newsletter has been about. But it's also yeah. been about again, you know, there is a political part to this, and I understand that, and right. and some of the questions and some of the the holding the powerful accountable has been very mm-hmm. important. And all this, and I think it's made a difference too. I think we're seeing it in some places where. Um, we're just ample. I think journalists are amplifying the facts. Like Rick, we could you can argue about the economics. You could argue about reopening the country and about there. And there, there will be time, and there will be time that we're going to review exactly what happened and when it happened, and Absolutely. who knew what when and what should have happened. But at the same time, I mean, there. I think another important thing is is a lot of days they're like they're just it's just facts. Like here are the facts. Mm-hmm. Here's somebody. Here's how so, how social distancing works, and here's yeah. why it's working, and here's yeah. the number of deaths, and here's what's going. And uh, it's just such a. This has been the biggest story of our lives, it, without question. This is the biggest story we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Uh, there's no question about that in my mind. I mean, we fought. You know, my 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 mom is ninety, going to be ninety three years old, if you can believe that, and she's lived through a you know World War Two, obviously. Um, you know, was born right after the Great Depression, you know, like Mm -hmm. in the late 20s, early 30s. Um, And so for people that age, they've been through a lot, right? Vietnam and Korea and, 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 you know, but World War II, but a World War II, right? I mean, where you wake up one day and all the men in your high school have enlisted to go fight, right? Because you're in two theaters, Europe and, and the Pacific, and you've got four brothers and they're gone. Like that is a dramatic sort of, you know, and then then the nation mobilized to build tanks and airplanes and, you know, after Pearl Harbor and all of that. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, these people in the last hundred years, they they started out, they had radio, they didn't have television, okay? So just think about the communications angle of it. So you've lived through all of this, and now now something that is so, in a hundred years has not happened, right? Like, shut down a country, really? Shut down the um, world. <laughs> shut down the world. Yeah, not the country, but the world. In, in, in 184 nations, I think it's touched. Like, nobody, and I, t- I tell my children this, is like, you will be telling your grandchildren, they're going to go, hey, Grandma, you lived through, you know, the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, and we had to spend all this time at home, and 
You know what I mean? And look, there are worse things and we have a home and we, we, like I said, we still have a job and we're not worried about being on the street, but many people will be. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a rare. And the thing is, we don't know how the movie ends. No, no. Like you're living through it. And, and always before you could kind of life was sort of predictable. Like, okay, there's an economic downturn, Well, we'll get out of it. You know, we'll find a way like, we'll it'll take time, but you know, and, and in this instance, you don't know what what tomorrow is. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just that, and that's unknown. why I think I don't know if you're like me, Rick, and and that's why I'm like I listen to a lot. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I appreciate your podcast during this because there there are di- days where you just want to get away from things, and sure. so I don't want to concentrate talking about it. Yeah. But I mean, I go through these ebbs and flows where one day I'm really optimistic, and I think they're going to be sports. Yeah, I think we'll have football in the spring or the fall, and then there's other days where it's like. Ugh. This is just yeah. so depressing. We're never going to have sports again. And, you know, I, I go through the whole list of emotions, you know, depending on the day. But well, like I, everybody, I tend, everybody is, you know. I tend to listen and take uh, my inspiration from uh, the great John Gruden. Who, <laughs> who, what, you think I'm kidding? I mean, I'm serious. I know you're not kidding. Because John had a way of no matter what the darkest day, you know, he made it darker. No, he, he, he could, he, he could. He could actually, it didn't matter what it was, he would say, yeah, I'm going to try to live in my hopes and not my fears, you know what I mean? And, and he meant it. And if That's you think pretty of it good, that man. Way, no, I'm tearing you, up. I was I laughing. Know. Now he got me tearing up. No, but it, but it's serious. It, and, when you, and when you think about it, that's the way you should live, right? I mean, it, it does no good, right? It does absolutely no good to sit there and worry because but for the 10 minutes you wasted, do you think if something bad or awful happens, you've changed it by worrying for 10 minutes, right? right. There's like scriptures about this, sure. um, depending on how religious you are, but it's true. Um, so, you know, I think we all, sh- I think we're all living in our hopes and not our fears. And generally, as my, my 93 year old mother has told us, we'll end on a happy note here, is that, you know what, 90, she, she's 93, okay? So she says, Rick, in my lifetime, about 98 point something percent of the things I worried about never occurred. Just never did. You know, yeah. worried about all of them. You know, worried about the kids, worried about this, worried about, you know. It just never happened, you know. And when something bad happened, it was okay. You know, like we, we, we found a way through the other side. Yeah. So I think that's sort of what you have to do. And also, you know, don't miss today worrying about what happens tomorrow. I mean, there's a lot of good things about being home with my children every day. You know, I got young kids. I know I do feel for people that are alone. though. And like, I didn't consider this, but like you, you obviously have your wife, Patty, your kids are grown for the most part. Yeah. Right? I have a son who's living alone in New you York. Still have Andy, he's, he's going crazy. Right. My son yeah. in New York's going crazy. Yeah, he's fine. And I, that's what I was going to say next for people who can't get out. Like they, they're doing the right things, but they don't, they live by, they only have the sound of their voice for the most part. Cause you can only, you can only like FaceTime so many people. Right. 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 That's gotta be tough. Right. That's got to be really tough. I think if I can give those people any solace at all, if you're listening to this podcast and you live alone, know that a lot of us would like to trade places with you for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Come hang out at my house for a day or two. You're like, oh, kindly I need leave. some alone Kindly time. leave. That's right. It's, it's exactly right, man. I mean, so we, the grass is always greener is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. man. It's like, you want to be single? You want to be married? Yeah, it's it's yeah, both, uh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll leave it there. Go to pointer.org, read uh, the, uh, the 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 newsletter every day from Tom Jones. This is really good stuff. You can skip through the parts you don't like, much like our newspaper, but um but no, it's really good. You work really hard at that. 
thanks for the time. It's always fun to to kick it with you. I hope we didn't depress too many people because you're always a risk. Well, I, I think it ends with me saying, like everybody said, when I said earlier that I don't like anybody ever saying, well, that, the feeling goes the same. I don't like you either. So, so it's good. <laughs> it's nothing's changed. Exactly. For sure. All right. Thanks, Tommy. We'll thanks, talk Rick. to you. All right. Two days with Tom Jones. That's all I can take. Used to do it five a week, but not anymore, babe. No, it was great to have him on, and I uh, hope we do that more often, of course. Um, remember now we're going to have our mailbag segment tomorrow and the way you uh, reach us with some questions is you just hit us up on Twitter at sports day TB. You're going to hit me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Uh, any questions about the draft, the bucks, the lightning, major league baseball, the Rays, whatever, bring it to us and we'll answer those on tomorrow's mailbag segment. Uh, and, uh, Eduardo Encina and myself will be doing a, uh, a little draft talk as well later in the week, uh, leading up to Thursday's draft. So that'll be on, on Thursday. And then of course we'll recap what happens Thursday night on Friday's episode of sports day, Tampa Bay. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row. Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 